everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Chat. And tonight, it is our special Top 5 episode. It's the first one of the season, and we're doing Top 5 Weirdest Writing Choices. Say that five times fast. So, this is a fun Top 5 that our co-host Alan came up with, and... It's not your usual top five because we're not necessarily talking about stories themselves. We're more so talking about story directions or show directions. You can be very broad with this. But before we get into everything, let's check in with our co-host, Alan. How are you? I'm good. It's exciting because you go big, you go small. You can talk oh. about jo- Jocelyn crying to a rock for a year if you wanted to. Honorable man. Alan, I know you like things big, um, but for somebody who likes them small, Tiggs, how are you? Oh, huh? I don't like. I don't. I don't like nothing small, but uh, my water bill. Yeah, okay, he says I put the dick in Brenda Dixon. So, okay, welcome her. to my hole. Now let me stop. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, hell, let's just hop right into it. Um, Alan, what choice comes in at number five on your list for weirdest writing choices? At number five, I have Liam and Steffi liking Bob Hope, Full and Beautiful. Oh, <laughs> you mean 30-something Los Angeles down? <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. We all know that Brad Bell is out of touch. He was shot, but he tried to do a little that One Tree Hill thing, what he thought was One Tree Hill, but he decided to have them talking about Bob Hope. You expect me to believe that Liam Spencer, crush girl Liam Spencer, liked Bob Hope. Like if you're watching clips of Bob Hope entertaining the troops, Liam would like John Stewart, shit like that, not Bob Hope. It was insane. Wow, what a great. To start us off, like yeah, like I, I'm not saying they had to rip off Nick and Phyllis, but like I could have saw Liam and Steffi more bonding over video games or something. Like that, that that's what I would have, you know, because he he started off as a tech geek. I could totally see because you know Steffi could have been like a tomboy growing up, playing video games with Thomas and stuff, and Phoebe was more on the frilly stuff, and that's how they could have bonded. That cha 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 shit, get the hell. See, and like stuff like that is good character development, not just like you throw in some random thing. Like Bob Hope, that would be more like Ridge and Taylor, <laughs> not Steffi and Liam. Uh, but like you said, Tiggs, he's always so out of touch. I mean, you know, he's still got people drawn on sketch pads in 2000. Well, no, yeah, yeah, Alan yeah. said that, but yeah, like, like, ugh. Exactly. And he's 60 years old next year, so... And he's as apparently has no plans of stepping down as head writer ever. He'll step down as head writer when Guiding Light gets rebooted. So the answer will be never. <laughs> um. Well, coming in at number four for me is from B&B's sister soap, The Young and the Restless, and it's actually a more recent writing choice um, in the recent years, and that is Mariah and Lindsay having no fallout for Mariah and Tessa on The Young and the Restless. 
I mean, you know, we thought we were finally getting somewhere. Lindsay, the bartender at Society, is kind of, like, mysterious. Um, we're like, where is this going? And then, like, her and Mariah have sex. And the fallout is Tessa's going to write her a song on a balcony set. Um, more like a fire escape. A balcony is too generous. And I think everything was solved within, like, two days. It was almost like I was watching... Ross and Rachel on a break in Friends. It just, it was weird. I mean, it's like, where's the soap opera in that? Where is the conflict? Mariah uh, Big by Keith Swift, two episodes, and it was all resolved. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything to love. And now they don't even mention Lindsay, and Lindsay didn't even get a write off or anything. It was all very, very weird. Um, well, right for Lime is always weird because he has off-screen adoption. Yeah, off-screen adoption, off-screen the kid can't hear, off-screen they live at the tag house. Like, I, I get it. You know, CBS, you don't want to write for the, you know, cat lickers um, because you think it's still 1953 and Search for Tomorrow is going to come up next in color. But... It's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you still have to have soap opera. You still have to have storytelling. Like, that's ridiculous to me. Can their stories last, like, two months instead of two episodes? Like, that's always been a weird choice. Tiggs, what were you going to say, though? Oh, I yeah, I wasn't going to say anything. Like, you know, I I agree. Like, there was no, why was there no fallout? Like, a lesbian affair and nothing happens. That's so stupid. But uh, coming in at number five for me is from Days of Our Lives. The introduction of Xander. Hmm. Why? Why give Victor a brother we've never heard of? We were already dealing with the bullshit with Damos. Why would you give Victor yet another brother when the character's name is Xander? And the brother we do know about, Justin's father's name, is Alexander. That's who Alex's nasty ass is named after. Why didn't y'all just make him Justin's little brother? I never understood that. That was so stupid to me. Like, what? Xander cooked curiosity. Huh? What? But it was just like, I, I, they just pulled two brothers out of their ass that, that Victor just seemed to have had. And it's just so ridiculous. And then those flashbacks of Deimos' wife that looks just like the cold. And just... I, I just don't <laughs> understand like why they had to have this convoluted way of introducing Xander when the opportunity was just right there. You could just make him just a little brother. Well, that was such a weird time where they were trying to do this like, let's rebuild the Kiriakis family, but with nobody you've ever heard of, because instead of just bringing on Justin's, you know, sons like Victor Jr. and even Alex at the time, they were like, let's bring on Xander and Deimos and get John Paul Lavoisier as Philip and have the Kiriakish men. And it, none of it worked. None of it did. Um, I mean, Vincent Arizari is a great actor but you know he just gets recast as david kimball on different i mean not david kimball lord um <laughs> david a word on different shows now 
um, anytime he comes back to daytime. And then John Paul did not work back then. And then it's like, I love Paul Telfer and I love Xander now, but you know, it was like rough beginnings kind of, um, but you know, it is like, I think a testament to his acting and to who he is that the character has stuck around for so long. Um, like I said, I love Xander now, but yeah, those beginnings trying to come up with that backstory. Ooh. It's just the, the whole thing with Xander. It's just that, and we all know Ron has a big problem with this. There's no middle grounds to care. And it's just like, I get Sarah's reasoning behind like wanting to keep the baby from him, but it's also childish because it's Sarah. But it's like, if Xander's going to work with any woman, not just Sarah, but any woman, he can't keep trying to kill people and kidnapping people. He can't do things that are federal crimes. He can be a scoundrel to an extent, but like they 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 need to find a, a happy medium with the character so he can still be viable. And they haven't found a happy medium yet. Like EJ going to him the other day, I need you to kill Ava. Mm. Like what? Like what? It's stupid. It's just stupid. Ron also has that problem with Kirsten. He he had to be mm-hmm. too nice. Then he's just swung that pendulum back to crazy. Yeah, yep. like there's no like Tig said. There's no happy medium. Um, but you know, I think that's a problem for a lot of his like more villainy characters, and like that's a totally different podcast, of course. But um. It's like, you know, he had that problem with Ava on General Hospital. Um, he also had that problem on One Life to Live when he did, like, the Eli story or, like, brought Marty Saybrook in. Like, it's just he never knows how to walk the middle ground. Like, they either have to be, you know, very nice trying to recover their lives or they have to be very crazy and, oh, my God, and, uh, and explode churches and steal babies. And, like, enough. Enough. Especially because I look at Sarah and I'm like, Sarah, you do this every six months. Aren't you exhausted? Like, it's ridiculous. Mm. Well, Alan, let's go back to you. What comes in at number four on your list? Number four I have on doing Sky being Alan's daughter to her hospital. Uh oh. <laughs> Continue <laughs> because I'm I'm interested to hear what you have to say. <laughs> they went through all that trouble through a threesome crossover to make her Alan's daughter, and they just undid it so Sky could tickle Ned's balls for like a month. That's stupid. They should just left it as it was. You didn't get anything from that. And then Viola Ray would have actually been an actual quarter main, and it would have meant more. I know there are people who don't, didn't like Alan being Sky's fo- biological father, but what's done was done. They should have kept it. Yeah. I, I totally agree because I didn't like it because, you know, the, the All My Children fan of me, I'm like, no, Adam is her father. But they made it work. You know, I, I liked Alan's relationship with Sky. I loved her relationship with AJ. Like, I liked Sky being a quarterback. And they just undid all that, like you said, so she could play tonsil hockey with Ned for like three weeks and like. <laughs> oh Lord, not tonsil hockey. Um, 
Well, Alan, I mean, we are kind of lining up because coming in at number four for me is um, a writing choice from another ABC show. And that is in the series finale, deciding that Erica Kane at 70 years old needed to go back to Hollywood for a movie career and all my children. Um, I thought all my children has always had the best soap opera series finale um out of another world out of one life to live out of anything i just thought you know lining all those characters up at the chandler mansion for the party was great um i thought the acting was great all the little moments they gave us but it it sometimes leaned on comedy too heavy in that final week i thought um and one of those decisions was erica kane at 70 years old going back to hollywood i get it it's very true to erica so I'll give them that. Like they really took all the characters back to their roots with Lorraine Broderick and Agnes Nixon teaming up for those final episodes. But it was also very tiring because I'm like, let's just add a little bit of realism here. Like she's 70 years old and she's back to like it was in 1985 going, my movie. And, you know, like, oh, Opal, I've, I've got it back. And, uh, oh, and Opal being like, well, honey, you're not the only one packing Jackson is. And it was just a little too dumbed down, I thought. I thought Erica could have gotten a bit of a better ending than going, you know, with her four-foot self to Hollywood again uh, to work with John O'Hurley. So, yeah. But other than that, I thought, the ending to all my children was fabulous, but that was one of my bigger complaints was really we're doing this again at 70 years old. <sighs> well, Tiggs, what about you? What comes in at number four, dear? Coming in at number four for me, uh, it's coming from Days of Our Lives. Like undoing the whole retcon of John being a Brady and a Demira just so Brady and Teresa could fuck. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And I remember that scene so clearly. <laughs> and it's just like and then the way like how Brady just said it in a throwaway scene that John wasn't really a Brady or a Demira. It was just like what? It wasn't even a storyline. It was just a throwaway like line. I was just like what? Y'all did all this just so they could screw? Yeah, because he was like, oh, I don't know what we are anymore. Come here, Teresa. <laughs> it was so random. <laughs> uh, that was Dina Higley. Wasn't that Dina? Or Josh and Dina? No, wasn't was, that? I, wouldn't let me Yonder or Tom sell? Oh, you know what? That's right. Because, yeah, they did that relationship. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, it was Dina who decided okay, the fact that they said it wasn't that, yeah. Um, that's right. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I love the Brady and Teresa relationship, but yeah, because I like even to this day, like Jim Lilly and Eric Marshall yeah. still have chemistry, but it's just like oh, yeah. Yeah. in that door on that Monday's episode and we're sparkling still. We can try again, Brady. Today the 17. We can try again. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to play the role for three weeks because I'm a Christian. Um, so, Alan, mm -hmm. 
So you you a Christian, but you did Days of Our Lives. All the nasty trifling shit Teresa did when she was on there, but now all of a sudden, oh, now Jen Lily, I found Jesus in the Hallmark. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Go ahead, Alan. <laughs> Go ahead, Alan. What is your number uh, three? Lord, we are breezing right through these. Okay. Go ahead, Alan. Number three, I have Ridge and Bridget kissing Bold and Beautiful. <sighs> Nasty. Ew, ew. I thought about ew. that bullshit earlier, uh, app. Yeah, it was disgusting. And I don't want know what the fuck Fragile was thinking. The first few years of Bridget's life, Ridge was raising her. And then for the rest of her life, their brother and sister. And he decided, well, since I did this whole Massimo retcon, they should be kissing on each other. Maybe I can make them fuck. But then your outrage came in and like backed away from that shit quickly. But still, very weird, very stupid. It it was one of the worst decisions. Well, in the show's history, but like also I think up until that point. Because the show was relatively still really good then. And it's like, why are we doing this? Like, why? What's going on here? Why? Um, God, it reminds me. It, to me, it's right up there with having Eric and Katie trying to be a couple a few years ago when Sheila was poking around, and you know, Katie being like, "Oh, I, I guess I've always had these feelings for Eric." No, you haven't. What the fuck are you talking about? Like what like no eric's always been more like a father to you when you really got to know him it was really weird um but you know brad loves to put people together who don't make sense loves it i think like it's his favorite thing (laughs) in the world so good horrible choice alan Um, well, coming in at number three for me is a callback to kind of what Tiggs just brought up, but mine kind of changes a little a little bit. So number three for me is re-retconning John's parentage to make Dick Van Dyke his father. <laughs> so why are we doing this again when John is 88 years old? And how is his father still alive? And why is this happening? Why couldn't Dick Van Dyke just be Tommy Horton or even Marlena's father? Or I don't understand. Um, so this is very weird. Um, I get it. You know, Drake got Dick on the show. So they're very appreciative because Dick and Drake are homies for like the past 40 years or something. And I guess they go to the same gym or whatever. Um but like, why is this happening? I, I don't get it. Like, this is ridiculous. It's Tiggs. I think you and I were talking about it one night. And I'm like, now that Vivian's back, why didn't they just revert him to Forrest Alamein again if they wanted to go through all of this again? Like, why are we doing this with Dick Van Dyke? It's ridiculous. Well, they probably just didn't want the yodeling retcon to stand. I get that. I do too, but... What they could have done was... Oh, they could have made they could have made Dick Van Dyke Vivian's brother and made him force Salamane all along. 
that's what they could have done. I would have even taken that. And Louise and Dick Van Dyke would have been great in scenes together. Oh my God, my brother. Alive. After 40 years. Like, you know, like something. Yeah, and, you know, Ronaldo Alamein. <laughs> you know, it could have been some ridiculous shit, too. Like, Vivian, Louise Sorrell would have ate that up. It would have been very, you know, I feel like it would have given her a little Santa Barbara comedy stuff to play with Dick Van Dyke. But instead, we get, oh, let's rush for all the kids to meet him. And, oh, oh Doc, ugh, call, call the family together. They've got to meet Dick Van Dyke. Like, it, this shit's ridiculous. And we could have had a sweet scene with John and Vivian, like, I always knew you were my nephew. Like, you know, just uh, fans would have ate that shit up. But no. And you could have shown a flashback of them, yep. too. Come yep. on. Tiggs, now you got me upset. So let's, <laughs> let's go to you. What's your number three? My number three. Because I'm doing this off the cuff for everybody listening. I'm doing this off the cuff like I always do my top fives. A weird weird, weird choice. The whole the whole conception of Charlotte on General Hospital. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. we dealing with Claudette, you waste Bree Williamson on this throwaway ass character. She was, you know, Charlotte's mother, but then she was really a surrogate and and then she was inseminated with Valentine's sperm, but she really had Lulu's egg. And Ron, that's when you started your bullshit with that convoluted ass storytelling. Because I'm just like, what? I don't think that was actually Ron. The the Claudette story was actually Gene and Shelley. Yeah, Claudette was, but like Ron kicked Charlotte off. Was that what you were meaning, Tiggs? Because, like, the whole Ice Princess when she was frozen by Stavros. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, that, yeah, that was, yeah, that was Ron uh, Allen. But, yeah, like, Gene and Shelley wrote the majority of it, especially, like, Claudette and, mm, yeah. and Maxie and Lulu's sperm hijinks. And, mm. Yeah, I just, I didn't understand that, like, and, and like I said, like, I, ugh. I just didn't understand it. It was already bad enough when Valentine came. He was nothing like Bob Booza told us he was. But I will give Chris and Dan a side. Making Valentine the son of Victor and Helena, it saved him. He was a quarterman. I mean, he's a cat sign after all. And it gave to the reason why even Helena was scared of him. Because we all know. If Mikos would have found out, he would have slit her motherfucking throat in broad daylight. No bullshit. So it did give us that full circle moment. Like, he is a Catholic. And this is the reason why Helena was afraid of. Or afraid of, like, his parentage coming out. Because Mikos would have fucked her up. So, I, but yeah, that was just a weird choice to, just a weird choice to give Lulu a kid. I was just like, what? And now they got her talking to a play cousin. I'm just like, uh, <laughs> not the play cousins. Because everybody's like, oh, look, I'm so happy about. No, no, no. All three of Liz's boys call Laura grandma. 
It's weird. They could have put Charlotte with Danny. They could have brought Emma back for Jake. Like, it, like they should have just brought Emma back for Jake. Yeah, because it's just well, like she's out in college now. It's like sad lat, so she's they can't do that. Well, I mean, well, it doesn't matter, Alan, when they fucking brought Brooklyn or Ray Sills or back for like Epiphany's death. It's just like I, that, that don't matter no more now. Well, if they was gonna recast Emma, yeah, but at this point, it don't fucking matter. And then Hudson West, good lord, that boy had a growth spurt. God damn. So it's just like now, who cares, man? Don't nothing else make sense on General Hospital? Why the fuck not? I think it'd actually be sweet, Jason's son and Robin's daughter. But yeah, like it's just it's weird. That's her play cousin. I hate when Spencer and and Cameron be calling each other friends. Your fucking cousins. It is weird Shit. because Alan wasn't the college thing mentioned before they brought Emma back for a pivot. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was it was a throwaway line that Anna said last year. We all got it. it we all got excited that we might get to recast Emma to be with uh, Cam. Yeah, because it was, it was a throwaway yeah. line that Anna had said to Valentine. When it was at the Metro Court, I remember that scene. And then and we she, see she lied about finding Emma a car because she just finished her freshman year of college. Some bullshit. But it was yeah. it was a throwaway. It was, weird. it was weird. Yeah. The uh, the whole introduction of Charlotte was weird. Like I didn't mind Rocco. Like that was good with Britt. Like you know, and her being a baby doctor and taking the embryo. That I, that was cute. But yeah, like the whole introduction of Charlotte just. Oh, okay. Ew. Okay. Well, that was a very rough time for General Hospital. Well, well, yeah, because Gina Shelley was trying to make do with everything Ron did, and they did it horribly. Exactly, because like they got to climax, like the very last of his stories, like their first year, and God, they were awful. That's why uh, I said, and everybody, oh, Gina Shelley, Gina. No, they were breakdown writers that should have never been head writers, and I will stand on that hill by my damn self. But I will say, if I had to give Gene something, you know, Gene was always good at reeling the batshit crazy head writers in. Well, yeah, you that's know? because she's she's a breakdown writer. Yeah, uh, she Casey. could be like well, on As the World Turns. Really well. yeah. if, if Hogan Sheffer wanted to do something, Gene knew how mm. to make it soapy and break it down to where it, yeah. it would make sense to the audience. So I'll give her credit for that, but Shelly doesn't get any. Shelly batshit oh, crazy. Oh, 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 I still want to fight that bitch off a. Of, her hand and killing Ryan Harrison so she can kiss my ass. As Jamie Giddens said, she wrote an essay about it. <laughs> oh, God. But Gene, I'll, I'll pull one out for Gene. Shelly Kick Rocks. Yeah, um, Gene, you, you, you did, you know, help keep As the World Turns on for another decade. So I'll give you that, girl. But when it, it comes to General Hospital, you kiss my ass. My ass. Um, yeah. Well, Alan, let's go to you. What do you got for us? I'm all ears. And number two, I have Spencer and Trina not fucking for two years. <laughs> oh, God, we're so miserable. Alan, Alan, that is not weird. That's racism. <laughs> because if Trina, if Trina was white, they would have been tearing each other's clothes off five minutes after they met like John on dicks. Because look, they put Spencer and Esme on every Twitter post they got on that General Hospital account. But then when it comes to Trina, it's like, is Spencer torn about Trina's favorite color of shoes in her closet? 
and then they put Esme and Spencer, and it's like, well, Spencer. And it's like the, the time is now. It's like with the strike and everything going on, Nicholas Chavez can't go nowhere. So it's like, like just do it. And like we've been waiting. God like, damn, who how fucking much years? Fuck wait. But oh, but anyway, Alan, this is your choice. So go ahead. Oh, sorry, Alan. Sorry. It's fine. But yeah, it is very weird, very racist. I get it, they want to do a slow burn, but this is fucking ridiculous because they've been a couple for months now, and Trina's indicated she's one of sex, but all I do is just talk about a damn baby and Esme. It's stupid. They should have just like had sex shortly after Greenland. Like it was the yeah. perfect time. Spencer said he wanted to make it perfect for them when they got off of the ship. And she was so ready. Like that should have been the time is now. Like and and just gives them a beautiful, sweet first time. The Sprinter fans will eat that shit up. They might actually gain a uh, hundred and fifty thousand viewers that week. Just do it. Like give them the best first time. Promote the shit out of it. ABC, what's the problem? Mickey Mouse likes diversity. Why don't y'all? Yeah, it's just a very weird, weird choice of producing choice because I'm sure Frank's hand is in that. It's a weird writing choice. Like, it's just weird. Like, it's not, for Frank's sake, like, look at your audience right now. It's decreasing by tens of thousands every week. And yet, when you had Spencer and Trina front and center to celebrate your 60th anniversary with Laura and Robert and Victor and you know Constance Towers making a special appearance the viewership skyrocketed for that whole month I mean we were seeing like bigger numbers than last year you know week to week gains and then they shifted the focus off of Spencer and Trina and viewership did go down it did so it's just it's a weird choice to me I don't get it um, but anyway, another weird choice that I never understood is my number two, which comes from the final year of Guiding Light, and that is waiting up until the very, 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 very last minute of the episode to put Josh and Reva back together for good. I don't get it. I don't understand why they just didn't look at, you know, cancellation and go, let's just anchor the show around Rob. Uh, and Kim just do it and get it over with like Josh and Reva should have spent the whole last year of the show together married and for the final time and ready to go so I don't understand why Ellen Wheeler's stank ass didn't put them back together until that final fucking minute and we were left with them going off in a truck with Reva having a baby at 65 it is forever, I think, one of the great mistakes of the end of a soap. And, and it's just like they had the perfect opportunity. When they did that fucking movie always about Lira's life, like they should have did it then because when they did that movie, Cassie and Jeffrey were like, oh, we're fucked. Like when they recreated that scene of Josh and Reba's first wet, that's all you fucking need. That that could probably could even bought the show another couple of years. 
So it's just like, what the fuck? But I, I don't understand. I really don't. I, ugh, yeah. Oh, well, it was a dumbass who got hardly cutting coupons. Another weird writing choice. Though, I don't know if we can play that on a wheeler, but I'll just end up playing her anyway, even though she's not wasn't writing the show, but still, fuck her. No, well, no, that was no, no that, that's, like a, that's like an honorable mention, Alan, because no, fuck that. Like, you have Harley cutting coupons. She has a baby by a Bauer, a Spalding, and a Lewis. Harley should not be worried about what's going to happen to her house. This is you know, stupid. She's not credited as the head writer, of course, but, you know, she approves every story decision. Yep. And, child, by having a few guiding light vets on my show with what I know now, let me be quiet. <laughs> so... But yeah, it was just a very odd choice not to get your show's biggest super couple back together after all oh, no, that. I mean, you already know. The corporates, the guy like ending are Ellen Wheeler, Barbara Loom, you lighten up, bitch, and that stank-ass, perverted, trifling-ass Leslie Moonves. And a Telenext Media. That fake ass name. It's like a damn drug front. It sounds like uh, what Adam's going to buy up next week on The Young and the Restless. Oh, God. <laughs> don't get on no ideas, Casey. Please. Oh, that'd be cute. Um, <laughs> Lord. Oh, it's this company in Oakdale, Illinois. Tell next media. Goodbye. Oh, my God. Don't, don't give Josh any fucking ideas. I just called up Cassie Spaulding. Oh Lord! Um, oh God! Why would why, why would Cassie be a spoiled? No, you know what? You, never, I, you know what? Never mind. Get started. Never mind. They would just throw together some random. No, no, because no, the way these soaps are, if God like was still on, I could see it. Some kind of way, Cassie would have ended up married to Alan Michael. Ugh, <laughs> oh God! So, like, that, that sounds <laughs> like it would have been real. Look, the show would be a hundred and. 48 next week so <laughs> there's not many ideas left um oh lord uh higgs let's go to you what's your number two my number two huh you know what i'm going to pick one from all my children julia's introduction reintroduction Oh. Having her come back and Noah being dead and uh, why they bring back the character? It's like I I like Sydney Penny, but it's just like what was the point? The only reason Julia became popular was because of Noah. Why bring her back without Noah? Julia could have just stayed gone, and then bring her back just be there for a couple years and kill her off. That was stupid. It was weird. It made no sense. Like, what? And I know, because y'all know, allegedly, Sidney Penny and Keith Hamilton Cobb couldn't stand each other in real life. But it's just like, now, and I wonder because he was gay. I wonder. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, it's just, why bring back one half of a popular couple? You but I'm just saying, it was just a big waste of time. It was nice to see her, yeah, but it's like, for what? For what? 
It, it just, yeah. But, you know, that was just, another bad era for the show. Yeah, and... <laughs> That fucking David Crosby. Yes. No. But yeah, like, I just, <laughs> mm, I didn't understand that. Like, Julia's whole return just didn't make any damn sense. It was like, ugh. they, they you know what it was. They just wanted the easiest buzz name they could get, you know, to get the article. And, and my whole thing, y'all could have just recast Noah. Yeah. If, if, if Keith Hamilton Cobb didn't want to come back, whatever. Y'all could recast no one. I'm pretty sure it was the brother out there that had chemistry with Sidney Penn. Like, I just... Ugh. My God. Yeah. That, mm. They're dying at a fucking wedding with Ghost Dixie. I was just gonna bring uh, that up. Yes. yes. Giving us that, that terrible episode of this is what would have happened if Dixie would have lived. After Brian Franz had admitted and so far died that it was a mistake killing her off. It's so far for you, jackass. Bring her back. Exactly. And she had already returned from the dead like 15 other times. So, I mean, Dixie had more lives than Stefano DeMera, Lord. So they just wanted to fuck with fans towards the end. That's what it was. Fuck you, <sighs> Megan McTavish. Well, Alan. What comes in at number one on your list? <laughs> number one, with apologies to Sally Sussman Marina, it is John and Hope Submarine Fucking Days of Our Lives. I think she would regret that too. I don't want to speak for you, Sally, but. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Jason Lives has a habit of mixing super couples, and it doesn't, it never works. Nope. And that, I watched it on YouTube earlier this week just to make sure it was. But as I remember when I first saw those scenes years ago, and yeah, it was gross. And they knew it was wrong because I just remember that whole thing because NBC.com had a poll. Oh, guess who's the father of Hope's baby? John or Stefano? And the fans was like, girl. So then they backtracked and said, okay, girl. It was both. Shit. Okay, it was Bo as a mom. Don't hit Shit. (laughs) Oh God, Days was Days was rocky during that point. But no, I no, 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 no. I'll take I will take that shit over what we got now. I'm just getting ready. It, to it say- was, like John and Hope on the submarine was like a little ridiculous, Alan. But that shit is Edgar Allan Poe compared to what the fuck we got now. So I, I feel take- like, honestly, I feel like honestly, Sally could come back and have another stint at days and yes it'd be very good i honestly think she could um because she just she just said he's didn't she i Wasn't believe it? she did actually yeah that was good yeah yeah you know, some, you know you would be confused in day's history with hurston and you'd be like was that james or was that sally you know like sometimes it would get you um but yeah, I feel like she could come back and have a really good stint on the show again. But you know, I think the world of her anyway. Um, <laughs> well, coming in at number one for me is a decision from The Young and the Restless. And that was when Maria Bell was presented with budget cuts. And she had a decision to kill one major character off out of two 
either Brad or Paul. And I think to this day, even besides what we think of Doug Davidson now, I think she should have killed off Paul instead of Brad. Um, I just feel as though Brad had more shelf life, more love interests on the canvas. Um, I think Paul's time had really expired, honestly. Um, the show was kind of going in a different direction while also trying to repair itself. And I mean, with what we know now, looking back, not just Doug Davidson, I'm talking about like actual story direction with Paul over the years since the decision was made not to kill him off. I just feel as though, you know, the show would have benefited in a much larger way had Paul died over uh, Brad. So, yeah, that that's where I stand at my number one is Brad shouldn't have been written out. It should have been Paul. See, I ain't got no dog in this fight because, <laughs> like, when it comes to Paul, I get it from the standpoint because, I mean, Paul was more popular. I mean, even to this day, even fans knowing what they know about the they they still be screaming and whining about Paul. Don't wait talk about Bray. So it's just like, I get it. And y'all know me. I hated Brad Carlton. His only redeeming quality that he was crazy about Shannon. I hated Brad. Always hated Brad. When Jack called him a Brad Sickle, I fucking screamed. I hated Brad. I don't know why you always hated Brad. I, I hated always Brad. loved Brad. I couldn't stand Brad. I always like Brad, Brad and Tracy and, you know, I just Brad's beginning. Brad. Oh. I couldn't. I don't know why. I just, I could not stand Brad. Like, like I said, Bill Spencer is the role of Don Diamond's career because <laughs> I couldn't stand fucking Brad. I could, I don't know what it was. I couldn't stand Brad. I never liked him. Nope. I couldn't stand it didn't hurt, like, oh, go ahead, Alan. But I think hurt Paul's character. He didn't raise any of his kids. He didn't raise Heather. He didn't raise Ricky. Mm-hmm. So, if he would have raised them, he probably would have had a stronger hold on the canvas. But he didn't. So. Oh well, I don't yeah, even just think, I don't even just think it was just that, Alan. I just think it was just Doug Davidson being a jackass behind the scenes, and the show was just like, "That's all right." No, I mean I really do agree with Alan because no, I know I do agree too. But really at the same bit. time, like if he wasn't such a pain in the ass behind the scenes, they would have found a way to make things work with, with the character. But it's just like the way Doug be acting and shit. It was just like their hands were tied. Like, well, you being a jackass, so we have no choice. Because, like, if to Doug, me, if Doug would have been just a sweetheart, like behind the scenes, they would have found more use for Paul. Because, like I said, even though he has his issues, there are fans who are still screaming about Paul Williams. Because me, I love Paul. My mother and my grandmother adore Paul. Oh yeah, so I was like, I, you know, like he he was ex- he's still wildly popular. But Doug, Doug is on But yeah, my thing is, is I think, you know, looking at the current, well, just brace yourselves. We know how we all feel. But I just feel as though if you look at the current state of The Young and the Restless, I just feel as though, think about the two characters, Paul and Brad. Which character would be able to seamlessly fit back into that show right now? It would be Brad. Because he was, he became a businessman. And so Brad could either be working at Jabot right now or working at Newman Enterprises right now and have just a great 
of impact. But like Paul, oh, okay, Paul, go investigate a case. Make sure Faith doesn't get blown up by Cameron. Like, woo-hoo. Oh, you and Cricket see Danny Romilotti. Oh, I hope you all don't have trouble at 80 years old. Like, but see, like I and like I said, maybe just because I liked Paul and I didn't like Brad, and me, I just I don't see where Brad will fit right now. I just don't. Like, I don't want to see him having thirty-year-old arguments with Jack. I don't want to see him all in Victoria's face. I don't want to see him panting after Sharon. Like, the, the only thing that probably would have made sense, he probably would have ended up back with Ashley or Tracy. Oh, great, yeah, whatever. And with Paul, with Tracy, like. Because they took everything away from Tracy. They took away one of her biggest love interests. And they also killed her daughter off shortly after. So it's like, uh, yay. Because like I said, they, they could have found plenty of ways. Big Paul Tracy still, gets like nothing. I said, and Paul was still working. Like I said, it's just, you know, Doug would still have a job if he wasn't Doug. So it's just like, you know, I mean, hey. That's just the way the cookie crumbled. But yeah, yeah, like I, I, I could see more life, especially like with Heather and the stuff with Daniel going on right now, and the, the shit with Phyllis. Like they could have, they could have played all that up, and it, like, it, yeah, it could have been a lot more stuff going on. They could have brought, yeah, they could have brought Isabella back and did something like it. They could have did a lot with with Paul, Brad. You gonna resurrect Ricky? Just yeah, say, oh, like, I'm not they, sure. They, I want to see Rick and Rosalind to die. I don't mind if like, brain tumor or whatever. Oh, I don't we, mind if we yeah, found like, out that like said... Isabella, like if you cast uh, somebody really good as Isabella, and then you bring her on. I mean, I know it's a little stereotypical, but honestly, she could have been Audra's mother, and then like Paul would have been like Isabella. They let you out the nut house. What you doing here? You know what I mean? Like yeah, and like Is- Isabella played by you know Florencia or Isabella, oh, yeah, yeah, or, well, or, yeah, or Isabella played by Vanessa Marcel. Like it, they could have did something. Like I, I could see a whole bunch of possibilities for Paul, but mm, Brad. But the world may never know. Brad is down there in the bottom of that pond being a Brad. Sister. I mean, he was with Bye. every major leading lady. He worked at both major companies on the show. Like I said, he was a businessman and like Windars is a business. So like, you know, that's why I always enjoyed Paul more as a PI than when he actually became like yeah. chief. Yeah. I was like, no point in that. He should have just stayed. You, you already good. Goddamn no. Brad asked me over there bitching about Newman Media right now. He was still there. Don't nobody want to do that. And then I feel like, you know, they could have done something really cute when it was Beth Maitland's 40th. Like, you could have really built it up. Like, is there hope for Brad and Tracy after all? You know, it just... But, you know, then again, you could have done things with both of them, I guess. We'll just never know because now both of them are off the show. Uh, But, Tiggs, what comes in at number one for you, dear? Y'all should already know what this is. The decision. To undo Erica Kane's iconic abortion on all my children. Oh, good pick. That's a good one. How dare you? How fucking dare you? Take a piece of iconic television content and undo it. And it was for nothing. The character of Josh Madden flopped and ended up 
getting killed off and his heart being given to Kendall. So you did it for nothing. You wasted Ian Buchanan in a trash-ass role. It was all done for nothing. That story caused so much controversy back in the day. And just for it to be a blip on the radar. You do that, and then you had that awful Jeff Martin recast, and it's just like, ugh. Oh, Meg McTavish, you will pay for your sins, bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus, the way you got deeper with your voice. I, you went... I, <laughs> I, just, I just, I couldn't just, they're doing this? And they just thought, the ABC really thought they just ate that up. They just gagged the girls. You'll never believe who Josh Madden really is. What? Uh, just a slap in the face. Agnes Nixon should have went over there and took her cane and just started beating the shit out of Brian Franz and Juliana Carroll. You motherfucker. What the fuck job? Well, I think that's like what really bothered me is because Agnes motherfucking queen shit legend Nixon put out the first abortion in television history. Yep. And can you imagine how hard she had to fight for that? I mean, this is the same woman who gave the first lead character on a television series cancer and couldn't say the word cancer, couldn't say the word uterus, couldn't say pap smear, but yet gave a cancer story. Like, this is the woman. Think about that. The first main character of a television series gets cancer, and Agnes Nixon writes it. And then 20 years later, the first character who gets an abortion on television, Agnes Nixon writes it. And they undo it for shits and giggles because they thought they were edgy. And it made no impact. None. None. None, especially because the character wasn't even there till the very end, or even the final, right. you know, like few years. Because they, they, because they only gave Kendall that damn heart condition because Alicia Minshew was so goddamn overworked she had to get pregnant to get some time off. Exactly, and then when she came back for Prospect Park, she's like, "I'll do two scenes, and then I'm going home." <laughs> oh God. It was just, it was so disrespectful. Ugh. Well, any honorable mentions before we close out tonight's show? Just throw them out if you got any. Bianca getting pregnant with Zach's baby, not telling Ellen Kendall, all my children. Out of character. Yeah, good, good one, Alan. Yeah. Tiggs, what about you? You got any honorable mentions? Molly Lance and Davis having baby rabies and all of a sudden being 40 years old on General Hospital. Dude, you know they haven't written in that she's 40 years old. God and, damn. And like I said, I, Brooke Ann Smith, you're a beautiful one. You're a good actress, but baby, you are so miscast, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you, you know who you could be, baby? Why don't you get on the phone and call Brad Bell? You would make a wonderful Bridget Forrester. But you are and not Molly Lance and Davis. At this point, she would make a wonderful Brooke Logan if Catherine Kelly Lang wanted a six-week vacation. 
<laughs> At this point, she would make a great Stephanie Forrester. Um, Casey, I forgot you didn't mention it's Jill and Lauren on Young and Restless being sisters. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Hello, sis. That and then, you so know, Tracy Bregman trying to keep her corset up as she was talking to Susan Seaforth Hayes. Why did you keep this secret, mommy? Why? And then, you know, Susan, like, I had to protect you, Lauren. Uh, anyway. Oh, and then another one. Um, and this is very recent, but uh, and we talked about it in our season premiere, but I thought it was a very weird writing choice for Eve and Harris to meet and have no buildup or concern of their history, especially since Harris, what, even though he was a blip on Days of Our Lives, he was so important to Eve's history of character development and prostitution with Nick Corelli and just feeling less than herself. And then they finally meet and it's the long await. You know, they put it in the promo. We're excited and nothing like it, it led to absolutely nothing. So just again, very weird. Oh, another uh, album mention Holly being the nursery room stuff riding light. Yes. Cause I hated that fucking story. Yeah. That, that story was terrible, but ooh, my Maureen Garrett, she gave it her all. Oh, well, because this is she, a, being a guy, example, being a guy I'm like, oh, go ahead, Adam. This is an example of her being, oh, this one's old now. What should, what, should, what should we do with her? We'll make her crazy. Oh. They do it with every, look, if you turn 35 on a soap opera and if you've been there for 10 years, your character's going crazy. Sorry to, sorry to tell you. Because look, like, happened to share a case. Another weird choice was even thinking. Before even putting it on paper, even thinking that Alan Michael and Marina should even be a couple when he thought he was her father. That was so disgusting. So disgusting. Like Alan Michael and Frank, and that was a popular triangle back in the day. Marina's paternity, that was popular. And for that girl to grow up and start messing around and making googly eyes at Alan Michael, and then we had that terrible Alan Michael recast. Like, no! And oh, it would really been, no, it really would have been gross if it was Rick Hurst. But yeah, it's just like, what? What was his name? Uh, Michael... Michael Dempsey, I, something like that. Michael yeah, Dempsey, I, thank you. Yes. I did not like He was hot, though. He was yeah, he pretty look at me. He was not... Mm, 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 mm. Mm. I mean, he was making me moist, but he wasn't making me, you know, swoon over him. For and nothing about guy like, Towards the end, like, why the hell did they make uh Jenna Cyrus's mom? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Fiona Hutchinson told me to tell you, bitch, I'm seven years older than that motherfucker. Why the fuck did y'all make me his mom? And I'm dead. And I'm dead. <laughs> oh God. Um, oh, you know what? I'll I'll throw in another one here because she may have acted occasionally well for this, but I didn't like it. And that was given uh, Jessica 83 different personalities on One Life to Live. Did she really need to be Jess, Best, Tess, Wes? Now, 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 now. The only time she was good was when she was Tess. No, no. And it should have stopped there, though, because I didn't need to see Brie Williamson being a man or building bombs and 
I didn't Being need to see Asia and all this yeah. other shit. Yeah. yeah, I didn't need to see all that. They could have left that, and then you know they thought that was gonna win that girl and Emmy. You know, Ugh. but yeah. All right. Well, look. If you guys have any, certainly hit us up. We're on Facebook at the Chat Show Podcast. We're on Twitter at the Chat Underscore Podcast. Tiggs, where can they find you? The Vim Master Part Two. Wonderful. And Alan, where can they find you? You can find me tweeting about soap stars who been on Murder She Wrote. Alice Rapa. Lovely. Um, and you can find me underscore case nineteen ninety nine arguing with white women and bots about Doug Davidson. That's all I got. Um, But anyway, yeah, next week we'll be back. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye, y'all.